brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about transformers, gender identity. You know, this has become such a big topic in this day and age uh, with social media, with platforms, with uh, social justice, uh, politics. I mean, it's just across the board. It's crazy, but this, this is... Uh, a center stage topic these days, primarily because the uh, crimes have gone up from this aspect of of the way people operate as far as trying to figure out what gender they're going to represent themselves to be, what they're going to decide, what their pronouns are, all that fun stuff. Yes, it is a complex topic and it is a mental health topic also. And it doesn't mean that these people are mentally ill what it really does mean is that our society has different responses to these folks. And what we also have to understand is that there are people. And in life, before uh, we've got into social media, people generally thought of each other as more good than bad, more uh, intelligent than not, that there was good in everybody. And that's kind of, if we could get back to that type of thinking, I think our lives would balance out a bit. But unfortunately, we're in a very tribalistic culture where me bringing this topic up, just having a show on it is probably going to blow up in my face with lots of comments and people. But, you know, let's break it down. What, you know, people whose gender identity or expression does not conform to the sex they were assigned at birth are transgender. While individuals may be assigned to a sex at birth, based on how they present biologically, their sense of their gender may differ. And this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years in the human race. We've had gender identity problems forever. I mean, look at the Greek culture. I mean, those dudes were all over the place. But the problem is, is that we have so much media attention on it that it is now becoming a topic that's even brought into our libraries and brought into our schools, into the, the, the platforms of teaching. And this is a problem. It's a problem because it's not something that taxpayers would necessarily want to fund. It's not necessarily what parents are going to want to agree on. And there's ways that we have to healthy, in a healthy way, go through people that have these issues because we're not going to make it go away it's not going to do that so we're going to have to deal with it and we have to deal with it rationally and safely and intelligently and that's not being done in this day and age there is a lot of craziness going on you know a trans man is a man who's identified as female at birth a trans woman is a woman who is identified as a man at birth Transsexual is actually an old term that referred to trans individuals who sought or undertook intervention to change their bodies. And so a whole lot of trans people, but not all, take steps either through surgery, hormone treatments, or cosmetic or fashion decisions to make their bodies and appearances align with their gender identity. And so the gender with whom they identify, whether male or female, female to male, 
These steps, which also may include uh, changing a person's name or their pronouns, he, she, you know, whatever, uh, are often referred to as transitioning or as gender affirmation, although the term gender reassignment is used by some people. You know, cross-dressers distinct from transgender individuals generally identify with the gender that they actually received at birth. They just want to dress in, in the opposite sex's clothing. And also, we have to understand gender has increasingly become recognized as existing on a continuum. So some people with self-concept that falls outside of the traditional binary constructs of a male and a female, for example, identify as a, a, a gender queer, others living outside those constructs as non-binary, as gender non-conforming, or third gender, these people may or may not identify as actually transgender. I know, it's confusing. It's all over the place. You know, any person who identifies differently from the gender that they were assigned at birth is transgender. There's no single source of transgender identity. So biological and genetic factors play a role before a person is born. But the personal experiences like in childhood and adolescence and beyond may also contribute to their identity from a gender perspective. You know, uh, 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 there's a, a lot of studies that uh, to try to understand what people identify as. And actually, in our American culture, through uh, UCL, uh, UCLA School of Law, estimates that about 1.4 million adults in the United States identify as transgender. That's about 0.7% of the people between 18 to 24 dot five percent of uh, uh those older than 65 and so there's a lot of experts that believe the actual number of trans americans may be closer to two million and so uh you know it's just the way it, and also the, what's increasing is 13 to 17 uh tra transgender identity and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about crime we're going to talk about uh the the, the in the schools uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with the children. We're going to go into all that stuff. So, you know, I'm just trying to break it out so we understand what we're talking about. You know, as early as, as childhood, transgender people have feelings of disconnection between their primary and secondary sex traits and, the, and their designated gender and the gender which they identify. So people who experience intense Persistent gender incongruence, according to the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Disorder, may receive an actual mental health diagnosis of gender dysphoria. And it's a diagnosis that's been a, a lot of debate. I imagine it's probably going to go away with all the politics involved in transgender at this point. But it is a diagnosis in the current uh, Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health number five. And so some people access mental health care, insurance coverage, and they might otherwise not be able to take advantage of it uh, due to the fact that it is a mental health diagnosis. While some children who experience those feelings do not go to identify as a transgender in adulthood, but there's longstanding gender dysphoria is a common experience among adults who identify as transgender. You know, uh, uh, you know, a person doesn't have to transfer or change their gender to the opposite side to claim to be transgender. Some may change their name or their pronouns. Some may change their clothing and appearance. 
in non-medical ways, while others will see hormone therapy, uh, uh, surgical procedures. You know, that's a lot of money, usually, when they do sur the surgical procedures. And they may be homosexual, but they may not be homosexual. So sometimes transgender or gender identity does not determine their sexual orientation. You know, there's trans people like any other individuals may be heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, asexual, none of the above, you know? And so trans people commonly refer to their sexual disorient or orientation in terms of their gender identity. For example, a trans woman attracted to women would most likely consider herself to be a lesbian or a gay woman. Yes, this is one deep topic and one confusing one, but it's ingrained in our society and in individuals in our society. And once again, we have to learn how to work through this. Um, you know, trans people uh, uh, can also uh, pick non-trans partners. So, you know, that, that's a resistance to those pairings of a heterosexual cisgender population. For example, one, one study said less than 3% of heterosexual cisgender people said they would consider dating a trans person. So they oftentimes don't date there's, you know, another trans. What they do is they may date, a, 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 if, if a male decides to be transgender female, they may actually date another female or they may date another male. It, it may just be an identity issue rather than what it is as far as how we see it, you know? And, and transgender awareness has grown in a lot in these years, especially as more trans people have come prominent in our culture. Uh, more young people speak out about their identities at, at earlier ages, and we're noticing that. And we have to have a dialogue about this, about how to deal with this as parents. And once again, we're going to go into that. But I'm trying to give us some some basis of how to figure what's going on as how these people are and who we're actually talking about. There's also a big problem that uh, uh, hate crimes have been frequently perpetuated with uh, as transgenders uh, have been perpetuating on us and we have been perpetuating for years on them. So a majority of trans people uh, report having experienced intimate partner violence and nearly half reported having been sexually assaulted. And so, you know, nearly one in 10 people that actually come out as transgender report being physically assaulted each year. And dozens have been violently killed in the United States alone. And so they're more likely to live in poverty without health care, uh, in, in part due to the bias that limits their opportunities in the workforce. Now, those laws are also changing. And also using names and pronouns that fit their stated preference or gender is very common these days. As a matter of fact, many corporations have actually put this in their uh, in their identity of their employees or what are your pronouns. And so this is the culture that we're moving into. This is the day and age that we're moving into. If we run away from it and duck our head under the covers, we're never going to really fully integrate and understand how to work with this thing, especially if you're parents of children. You also need to have dialogues with your kids about what they're being exposed to, whether they're in a Christian school, a private school, or a public school. Um, the, the discussions are happening with them. And do you want that all to be done by other people, or do you want to do that with? You know, uh, uh, we also have to 
have a very strong relationship with mental health with these kids because they struggle. You know, uh, they 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 have a lot of prejudice against them. There's a lot of people that bully them. There's a lot of people that make fun of them. And so suicide and depression, anxiety is way up in that population. And for many adults and adolescent, young adults and adolescents, the journey to declare their identity is very difficult. The the beginning to live in that gender. Uh, though it may feel good to them, there is a huge inability for kids and people to accept the fact that they want to identify with an opposite sex. Also, what's really important is that we want these kids, wherever they decide to be gender-wise, which under 18 and even over 18, it's really hard to say that they're going to pick one thing or the other. They may be very determined in the moments they're in, but the fact is, is that we really don't form our mature adult self until we hit our low thirties. Low and that's pretty much when those decisions get made that, that people want to transition, that they feel comfortable transitioning and they fully do that kind of stuff. But, you know, we, as people, we have to have a dialogue with these kids. We have to have a dialogue with them to understand that they have a right and and yes, but it's, you know, living that life is going to be difficult. And so there needs to be safety measures in place for them so that they can feel safe in their life. We want them to be confident, have good self-esteem, be able to make their way through school, make their way through society, make their way into wonderful jobs and wonderful lives and integrate with all of us as human beings. You know, uh, um, there's also a bunch of laws going into place and a bunch of non-laws going into place, which actually is allowing kids to make medical decisions and appointments and take steps to change their gender surgically, permanently, forever. A child determining that. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. But our culture is going in all kinds of different directions on this and our politicians are going in all kinds of directions on this and it's going to create a lot of problems because there can you imagine if you're 12 years old or 15 years old or 17 years old and you transition surgically and then later on in life you discover that you really didn't want to well you can't get a refund and you can't get a, a reversal so you know it's really hard to let kids make final decisions is just, it makes no sense at all that our culture has embraced that, but but they have. And that's why we as parents have to have a much better and stronger dialogue with the kids, not in a sense of de deterring them, but exploring the possibilities of what that kind of life could cause and could, how it could affect them. And so it's really, really important. There's also this thing called rapid onset of gender dysphoria, which once again is a diagnosis. And, and, and a lot of people have discredited that, but that is usually that rapid onset has a lot to do with social media, popular culture, what the kids being expo uh, exposed to, peer pressure. But the term is in used to, to by some to explain the increased numbers of transgender youth in recent years, particularly communities where the numbers seem to be unexpectedly high. So that rapid out, uh, onset is usually something to do with their environment or the people that they're around 
that are accelerating the idea uh, that you can be accepted if you claim to be transgender and have different pronouns because that's going to make you unique. Well, kids between 10 to 18 are trying to, and on up into their adult life, are trying very hard to establish an identity. And so kids by nature borrow identities off of what music their friends listening to, what clothes their friends are wearing, what things their friends are interested in. That's how we develop as people. We try on different parts of people's personalities that we are around to try to see what fits us. Also, you know, transgender people are four times more likely uh, uh, to experience violent victimization, including rape, sexual assault, aggravated or simple assault. And according to a study by the Williams Institute, once again, at the UCLA School of Law, households with a transgender person have higher rates of property victimizations. And so we have to understand this puts kids, this puts families on the radar of society in general. And everybody's got their opinions and some people are more radical than others, God forbid. And also, uh, there's been a lot of vict uh, crime victimization studies uh, that have identified that both uh, transgender women and men had higher rates of violent victimization than anybody. But there were no differences between transgender men and women. And so, you know, the media ha has given a lot of attention to this. And, and transgender people, 16 or plus, um, are victimized five times more. And uh, they experience about 86.2 victimizations per 1,000 people that choose to be transgender. So this is an important thing for us to all understand. And we will go into the, the more detail of how to deal with it, how to interact with it, and the issues that we're having to overcome as a society, mental health-wise. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right. Hate crime. Four times greater for transgender women, especially. And also, uh, their households have higher rates of property victimization, 214.1 per 1,000 homes uh, uh, have property victimization. So we're talking about transgender. We're talking about gender identity. And we're also talking about the idea of uh, people, uh, what I call them is transformers, <laughs> trying to give them a, a more popular name, I guess. But about half of all violent victimizations are not reported to police. And so transgender people are likely uh, to to not report the violence to police because they feel they will be treated poorly by the police themselves and nothing will get done. And there's a lot of research that has shown that experiences of victimization are related to how to low well, well-being, including suicidal thoughts and attempts. Um, the results of these studies underscore that the urgent need for effective policies and interventions that consider high rates of victimization experienced by transgender people. We are still trying to figure this one out. So what are the issues? You know, transgender is basically an umbrella term for people whose gender identity or gender expression differs from our regular, normal, cultural, and societal expectations for the binary sex that they were assigned at birth to be represented in the person that you're standing in front of. So what is a trans man or boy? That is a person assigned female at birth who identifies as a man or more masculine. A trans woman or girl is a person assigned male at birth who identifies as a female or more feminine. Also, non-binary. So here's terms. We're learning terms here. A person who doesn't describe their gender identity exclusively as a man or a woman. And so we have to, it's very weird, but to be clear, being transgender is not a mental illness except for in the form of gender dysphoria. And so gender dysphoria is the process of confusion trying to figure out what gender you want to be. And so that doesn't mean you're going to want to change your gender 
it means you haven't established a direction yet. And that in itself causes enormous amounts of depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts in our general population. And the fact is, is that in the first eight to 12 weeks of your life, you have no gender identity as a human being. It's only chromosomal. And so, you know, it, it's very confusing to have to deal with this thing in our life. But this stuff, this transgender stuff, has been around forever. It's just it's never been out of the closet. And now it's out of the closet. And these people want to have their rights to be a person. And so that in itself is a noble thing. But it has to be done delicately because... We don't want it to become a trend and the kids to change their gender from a popular cultural trend and then find themselves 10 years later being suicidal because they hate what they did to themselves. You know, with the gender identity community and the transgender community, they even have issues with the homosexual community, the LBGTQs. I mean, they all battle over identity anyway. And that in itself is a really big challenge among their community because they find very few people supporting them. Uh, even people that have had gender identity uh, uh, issues where they've chosen to be in a homosexual relationship. That for them is confusing. And the rates of anxiety are much, much higher for transgender. In fact, some studies show that nearly everyone who is transgender is living with some form of pervasive anxiety. And over 90% of transgender uh, people feel anxious at least once per day or once per week. Nearly half feel nervous, anxious uh, five to seven days a week. And, and there's a lot of uh, surveys that have shown that. And up to 79% of trans kids experience anxiety based on the results of a national report uh, of a survey by LB, LGBTQ youth. And so this is important for us to understand from a mental health perspective, depression is huge amongst transgender community. Everyone feels down every now and then, but for some people, feelings of sadness make it difficult to enjoy life. And so about 85% uh, of the transgender people who have identified as that also identified with weekly depression, 36% feel down and at least five, and that's five days a week, at least. Also, 69% experience symptoms of depression. And about five to six percent of the general population experiences regular feelings of depression. So 69 versus five. Okay, that's huge, guys. We have to understand it is a mental health crisis in itself, just due to the fact of the social ramifications on these people's lives. There's no single reason why people consider suicide. It's more common than we like to think it was. Uh, but about 0.5% or 1 in 200 adults have made at least one suicidal attempt. Isn't that amazing? But with the transgender, the rate's even higher. More than half of transgender youth considered suicide. That means they may not have had a plan, but they considered it. And nearly 1 in 5 have attempted it. 1 in 5. Not one in 200, one in five. So people who are transgender, the reason for mental health challenges is usually a combination of things, internal and external. For example, there's been a study that the, that, 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 that reasons for suicidal thoughts and transgender use found that school belonging 
emotional neglect from the family, internalizations of self-stigma about being a unique person, a lack of social support, statistical that's statistically that's a huge uh, contribution, and that was a survey that uh, is uh, is looking at suicide in just the last six months. And so other factors that contribute to increased rates of mental health disorders within that community, the trans community, include discrimination, transphobia, financial instability, and health challenges. So we have to look at this whole picture. If your kid's starting to talk about this, there is more than just talking about wanting to change gender. It's really the mental health part of it that is very tragic. And that is what we have to take on. And that's why integration of these people in a healthier way would be so much better, no matter what they decide later on in life. Having the dialogue at least allows us to move into a better mental health space with these kids and these people. So a lot of transgender people experience emotional condition known as gender dysphoria, as I spoke of before. So if someone has gender dysphoria, they experience a lot of distress because their inner self of self doesn't match their assigned sex of their body at birth. And so a trans man may be dressed uh, distressed about having breasts because they don't belong to his body. He may also experience frequent misgendering and assumptions of his gender identity because he has, has breasts. But it's really he's born a girl but wants to be a guy. And that can be a very challenging thing. But it's also very disruptive in a person's ability to function in day-to-day -day activities like work or social events. It can also lead to mental health conditions like anxiety, depression, chronic stress, not to mention in the workplace, transgender people traditionally, and this was a five-year study, and I think the laws are changing this quite a bit lately, but they experience enormous amount of prejudice, enormous amount of mistreatment in the workforce reportedly. I believe legally that is changing because it's led to an enormous amount of legal action against employers and communities and, and public at large uh, for, for what they have done as retribution to people who have had gender dysphoria or transgender ways. And so um, another thing that causes mental health issues is nobody or not everybody is understanding and accepting when a person decides to transition. Less than one in three homes are gender affirming for transgender youth. And so, you know, when a trans person starts to express their gender identity, they may get bullied or they may get disrespected, not accepting their loved ones. You know, that, that, that sucks to have your mom and dad not love you because you've changed why would they want to do something like that or to treat you differently you know sadly when trans youth don't feel supported they're more likely to consider or attempt suicide so you as a family have to figure it out that you can't take these tribal views you have got to learn to bless to to look at them as the person they are and let them move through what they need to move through to make the decision of what they want but you making it for them, that may be what you think as a parent is great, but what it is is also shoving down their throat your beliefs and not allowing them to come to the decision on their own. They need to come to the decision, and this is the most important thing I'm going to say on the show, they have to make the decision for themselves. You can't do it for them, and you can't force them to do that, and you need to remember that. 
You know, if a trans uh, person is afraid of the reaction of friends and family, they may not tell anybody about their gender, gender identity and their feelings. They may spend less time with others or hibernate or dread family gatherings because they believe no one will support or accept them for who they truly are. And keeping such an, an important part of yourself blocked from others can make you feel lonely and very isolated. And it's so easy for these people to hide behind video games, hide behind social media, and just delve into that as their life. And any of their friends are made via the computer all over the world. And But the people in their neighborhood, the people in their families, nobody gets to see them because they isolate because they don't want to deal with your opinions. You know, loneliness can have a big impact on mental health, increase your chances of depression, as we all found out with COVID, uh, 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 anxiety, low self-esteem. About 85% of trans people said they felt lonely and helpless at least once per week. 85%. People who are transgender are also more likely to experience discrimination through their daily lives. 71% of transgender youth said they experienced discrimination based on their gender identity. And when people experience discrimination, that causes mental health disorders and it makes them worse because now there's a narrative about them. Now there is a label about them. And that's a big challenge. You know, there's some laws that offer protection in the workplace or at school, but that's not enough. Those are laws. And so people who are transgender commonly experience microaggressions, such as a, a kid being called an incorrect name or a pronoun or challenges in using the bathroom that matches their gender identity. And so hostile behaviors still exist in these protected spaces. And it can be difficult for people who are trans to feel comfortable and thrive. However, what's interesting is our media is, is showing and displaying uh, how many transgender kids are actually committing crimes, which I think is very important to understand that. But we have to understand the lead up to what's driving that kind of behavior. And the lead up has to do with our hostility towards their community. And so, unfortunately, we are seeing our society uh, at war with itself because we haven't learned to work together better. Also, we have free will and we have the ability to change. If that's if we want to change our gender identity, we have the ability to do that. We've always had the ability to do that. Some societies don't accept it, but we have to have the ability to function that way. And if you're going to do that, if that's how you're going to choose your life, you have to know that the road ahead is very bumpy, it's very difficult, and it's not a good, there's nobody to really compare it to if you're in a transgender community. There's no other person that say that you could say they experienced exactly what I experienced 100%. There's just no way to compare. Also, physical health is tied with mental health, but many trans people get the care uh, they need to stay healthy, but about 20% of trans people say they've been denied care or have been treated poorly from doctors who don't support gender-affirming care. So many others are concerned that they'll have a poor health care experience, and that can be scary too. Also, financial insecurity. There's a real strong link between financial security and mental health, so if someone doesn't know that they'll find their, their next meal or where they're going to sleep or they're more likely to feel anxious and stressed. Uh, especially if they're transgender and they're homeless. That in itself is a bomb about ready to go off. That's horrible for them to have to be 
out in a community that's already riddled with mental health issues and physical abuse issues and all kinds of other stuff and crime. And then they're out there on the streets. Not a good thing. Over one third of transgender people have run out of food before they had money to buy more. And about 43% have experienced homelessness, you know, and that's, that's a study carried through what's called rainbow health. And so trans people are more likely to be uninsured than the general population because insurance companies don't want to cover it because they don't know what's been done to your body, you know, and they don't know how it's going to affect you, you know. And so insurance uh, oftentimes isn't always enough for them. They can't be covered like they want to be covered or need to be covered. Everything gets turned upside down for transgender people as far as trying to have the same uh, rights and securities as we do in this culture as people who don't struggle with that issue. You know, uh, uh, puberty blocking medicines, uh, hormone replacement therapy, surgery are not going to be covered by most insurance companies, especially if you're children. Thank God. Thank God. But if trans people can't get the medical care they need to affirm their gender, they may continue to have anxiety and depression, which is caused by it. And so that's why we've got to work on it first and foremost as a mental health issue. How to blend socially, that means social workers, and how to blend mental health, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists. We have to be in front of this. And we have to be as parents, especially in front of this and not behind it. Unfortunately, we want to go into denial when our kid establishes that they are a different identity of gender, because as a family, it looks like our family has messed up and done something wrong. And so, you know, as parents, that's not something we want to have. There's also um, a trans hotline, by the way, which would be really important to if you have this struggle it's 1-877-565-8860. That's 877-565-8860. And that's a lifeline. And that's where they might get some uh, a connection and identity. Also, there's a thing called the Trevor Project. I believe this is in uh, Minnesota. It's 24 by 7, 866-488-7386. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And now we're going to talk about how to help each other. And we're also going to talk about sports. So how to help kids and sports. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, now we're going to talk about transgender in sports. And the fact is, is that we have to be a little bit more creative than we are these days about the idea of how to deal with trans women, trans men entering sports. You know, uh, we have to understand that if you went through puberty... And your body uh, got what it needed hormonally as going through male puberty to identify as a woman after that is not even beginning to be what's fair. And uh, we should not be able to take medals away from females after you have gone through male puberty. That is ridiculous. That is horrendous. Why don't sports create their own category why don't our high schools why don't our schools since this is such a big deal why can't there be teams created for all transgender sports so they can play amongst themselves rather than male puberty female puberty bodies having to compete with what are male puberty bodies in a female sport or a female puberty body in a male sport come on guys we have it, fair competition is why women's sports was, sports was actually created. It's a competitive sport. People love it. And it does not include, you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, these professional sports, these college sports, these women's teams, they're wonderful. It's a great thing. If you want to have trans teams, have trans teams. And then they have the male teams. But you have to understand there is a physical difference huge genetic difference between a male and a female and to put them both together in a sport unless it's voluntary where both of them males and females and trans have all decided we're going to make one team okay that's another category of a sport which is fine it's great to have stuff like that but to put them all in one 
uh, one uh, recipe of sports, calling a man, letting a man play in a woman's sport, especially, is is not fair. It's not right. It's not even smart. You know, somebody's going to get hurt. Bad things happen, and a lot of very hardworking athletes do not get the respect that they deserve because they were unfairly competing against somebody who is biologically built physically as the opposite sex and the advantage is theirs so they can that means you could just pick somebody and put a dress on them throw them into a basketball game and they could play a female basketball game and guess what now they're suddenly trans superhuman athletes that's not cool it's not cool it's not right um you know the rights and experience of of transgender people have uh, very much been in the news but parents of kids who raise these kids uh, have no tools, have very little tools. And so we have to, as parents, we need to have the tools to be in front of this problem rather than behind it. And it's catching us off guard, but we've got to start moving faster and be smarter about it. You know, let's understand that gender is expressed through a personality, sometimes an appearance, sometimes a behavior. And typically as either masculine or feminine. So children may start to question their gender as young as two to three years of age when they become aware of the notion of a gender that they may assert. You know, uh, exploring different modes and expressions of gender is actually a normal part of child development. Young kids often play act favorite characters of a different gender, enjoy playing dress up. I know I did. I had two older sisters. They, I, did, I didn't enjoy it, but they dressed me up as a female. Um, just admitting that. Um, but it, it, <laughs> my dad was not happy. Um, so anyway, in some cases, they de- never develop a strong identity or as a male or a female. And that's okay. Like I said, People don't really come to understand what gender they want to fall on until eventually they get into their late 20s, early 30s. That's how kids are developing these days. What we used to think was 18 is now about 32. And that's because they're exposed to so many micro decisions that they have to to weigh through. And they're influenced by so many unhealthy and healthy uh, people and forms of media. You know, we have to look at young people as uh, understanding their terminology, and and that's rapidly evolving. So terms kid might use includes uh, uh, gender queer, non-binary, gender fluid, a gender, two-spirited, a demigirl, a demiboy. But the definition of these terms might vary for all kinds of different people. So it's important for parents and clinicians to accept the labels kids choose for themselves rather than impose labels of their own or jumping to conclusions about where the child's identity will end up. You're addressing a process, not an outcome. Stop addressing it as an outcome. It is a process. We need to let them own their own identity and move through the process to get to where they want to be. That is the healthy way to do this. That's communication. That's acceptance. But that doesn't mean that's where they're going to land. If you fight them, you're probably going to push them to go the direction that they want to go in the first place. And being transgender is not necessarily a mental health condition on its own. It's the dysphoria, the inability to make a decision that is oftentimes the biggest issue. Some kids... The disconnect between their experienced gender and their assigned gender can result in acute distress. And once again, that's gender dysphoria. So they have a strong 
dislike for their sexual anatomy and a strong desire to be a different gender and a strong desire to be treated as another gender. So their mood can vary from low to high. Some of them know what the issues are stemming from and some have no idea. You know, however, many people understand in themselves what they want to be intuitively. And we have to understand if they're struggling with that in their childhood, they have a right to struggle with that, to understand why do I feel like a female if I'm a male? Why do I feel like a male if I'm a female? What's going on with this? They need to have that dialogue. Huge, huge. So it it could take a number of, of issues that we as parents have to stop judging and we have to start talking. When you start going through puberty, the complications from any medical or surgical transitions down the road may be higher and the time living with that dysphoria distress is longer so the risks are higher the problem is that medically the medical community has presented evidence that if a child transitions their body adapts to it better than if they do as an adult and so that is the stand that the transgender people are talking about however what we really have to understand as adults is their body is still forming very fast, number one. And number two, they are a work in progress. They are trying to figure it out and they're going to be figuring it out for a long time. And you would rather have that dialogue with them before they get to their adult life than doing it after their adult life. You know, uh, 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 it's really important for understand that uh, these these organizations that are supporting children transitioning, I think, is very, very scary. It's very scary. But I understand they're coming at it from a medical perspective. But you can't just do that. You also have to think in the terms of developmental. Developmental is much more important than physical. They need to have the capacity to arrive at the decision. And that takes time. I mean, we come into puberty, what? Well, the kids are coming in now, like nine and 10. But the bottom line is, is that we have to understand that, that you know, they haven't even got their equipment for maybe, you know, nine years. Give them nine years to figure it out. Nine to 18. At least that. At least that. They need that to figure it out. All right. So if you're your kid knows you have their back and that you love and support them no matter what, this can boost their resilience and help them thrive in the world. And so they, you know, they know, however, that, that it's not a choice, it, it, that it's a mental health condition and there's nothing wrong with your child exploring. Kids begin to develop understanding of their gender between 18 to 24 months in truth. And in other words, they begin to get curious about patterns that help them understand gender. Around the ages of six to eight, kids start to become aware of the differences between their gender identity and their biological sex. And those feelings on gender become more flexible and fluid with regards to likes and preferences. We got to understand that. If your child is assigned male at birth and wants to wear princess dresses and play with dolls at age three, they may simply be trying out something new. That's exploratory. Very important for us to be open to that. You know, avoiding to offer your own opinion on their gender or guiding them towards gender norms. That is something uh, uh, that we all should do as parents so they can freely explore. Also, gender goes beyond male and female. Like sexuality, it's it's a spectrum. And we have to view it as that. And so, you know, you want to encourage 
instead of labeling activities by saying this is for boys only or this is what girls do, keep an open mind to all possibilities, like your daughter playing baseball or your son trying gymnastics or ballet. It can also help to stick with gender neutral terms like firefighter, mail carrier, police officer. Making your home a safe place can pave the way for open communication with your entire family. As kids who feel safe are more likely to talk to you honestly and believe you'll listen without judgment. That's huge. Paying attention to the language can make a big difference. So you want to steer clear of making comments like that's gay or it's just a phase. That's not cool. Don't do that if you can help it because you're discouraging them more than you're helping them. Listening to how they feel without questioning their experiences is important. Ask them what you can do to support them. Make sure they know your family accepts all gender identities and orientations and make sure the family is on board with that. Also, you want to wait until they come to you instead of pushing them to talk before they actually feel safe to you. And so once again, we have to understand that this kind of gender identity also, especially as children, is also likely to precipitate anxiety, depression, substance use, thoughts of suicide, damaged family relationships, all of that. It can be heavy and very tragic for these kids. So getting some mental health for them and helping them through that thought process is probably not a bad idea, like a therapist, you know, but you don't want to have somebody that has a bias. You want somebody that does it as exploratory dialogue, possibilities, thinking through things, Thinking through consequences is also part of the process. You know, do a cost-benefit analysis. You know, do you push your child to speaking, you know, to anyone, you know, who has a fixed mindset about gender? If you do, that's not good. Don't send your, 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 your kid somewhere to change them. That's not cool. You know, parents should ask, how would you like me to refer to you? Or what pronouns would you like me to use? If that's what you're open to doing, that's great. But, you know, respecting them is more important in their development than treating them like crap because you don't like the pronouns they use for today. You know, it's normal for kids to racket through all this kind of stuff because they go to church, they go to school, and this is what they talk about to each other. And so we, we have to be a part of the issue. You know, practice using the right pronouns if they're not around. If you happen to misgender them, avoid making excuses. Say, okay. It's just hard to remember. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I I apologize. I, I, you know, establish that. Establish responsibility. And, and but you need to also avoid over apologizing because that can make them feel uncomfortable and uh, draw unwanted attention. So if you stumble, stumble. Make it simple. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I forgot. It's hard. I'm working on it. You know, if someone else corrects you. Avoid getting defensive. Instead, just thank them. And they re- and, and uh, repeat yourself with the correct pronoun. You know, if somebody wants to be called something different, let them correct you. And good point. And let me call you that. Expecting boys to be aggressive and tough may prevent them from expressing their emotions. So some boys don't want to be treated differently. Some girls don't want to be treated um, differently. They want to be treated as they are. And so we have to understand that we've got to go with it and not against it. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that at voiceamerica.com. 
the Empowerment and Health and Wellness Channels. Also, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, if you claim to be invisible, your pronouns would be who, where. <laughs> also, it's not as important as what happens to you in life as it is who you choose to become. Also, if you are fat but identify as skinny, you are trans slender. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 